0: And now, O Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our strength and our redeemer. If through the words of this human being we do not hear your voice, O God, we ask you to speak to each of us then here in the quietness of our hearts. Amen. As we heard this morning's scripture lesson from Ecclesiastes, chances are good that some of you began humming a tune to uh, accompany the various times we just heard about. Back in the 1950s, singer and songwriter Pete Seeger, Pete Seeger set this passage to music and added a refrain which became the song's title of Turn, Turn, Turn. Even though the song was recorded, first recorded in the late 50s, it became a radio hit when the rock group, The Birds, recorded it in the 60s. And that's the recording that, that comes to most of our minds when the song comes up. And it's pretty remarkable that over 50 years later, that script, 50 years later, us looking back, that scripture was playing on mainstream radio. Think about that for a moment, friends. On the rock and roll station, we were hearing scripture. It's not just, and not just adapted scripture, but the passage that you heard today was blaring across radios across this nation. And it's something to celebrate that a passage from a book of the Bible, many of us often skip over, has been committed to some people's memory, both believer and unbeliever alike. And yet when you go searching for the song, Turn, 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 on the internet, another kind of article often appears with it. And that article is not is more about the birds than about the song itself because many of people consider this band a one-hit wonder. Many of us have probably heard this phrase before about a band being a one-hit wonder. They had one song that was famous, well-known, often played, but no other song that they recorded ever quite reached the fame that Turn, Turn, Turn did. Now, truth be told, the Birds and other musical groups considered one-hit wonders usually recorded a lot of other music. They recorded good songs. They recorded quality art. But all of their work was often judged by the one considered a big hit. For you see, there was a standard given to them as a group based on that one song at one time. And a similar thing has happened over the years with the book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, is the passage. It is the song with which we associate the whole book. And we often read all 12 chapters in light of these eight verses. And let me go ahead and prepare you for the weeks ahead because we are not looking at Ecclesiastes as a one-hit wonder. But over the next five Sundays, we are going to be exploring this. What what is in, in in the context of the whole Bible can look like a very little book, but it is a little. It takes up a little bit of space compared to Psalms, compared to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But there is a lot of wisdom. There is a lot of truth in this book that we're going to be looking at in the weeks ahead. And I'll go ahead and prepare you for this also. The whole book is not an upbeat pop song. In fact, in fact, it's quite the opposite at times. It is one of the wisdom books of the Old Testament. The wisdom books of the Old Testament are Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Job, and the Song of Songs, or the Song of Solomon, as we also know it. Wisdom literature includes what is not always easy for us to read. Wisdom literature attempts to put into words words the vastness of God's knowledge into the realm of our human understanding. What's good about the world, but also what's heartbreaking about the world. What's beautiful about our humanity, but also what's ugly about our humanness as well. Scripture does not shy away from telling us hard truths. And this is a book that at times can be hard to read, but it also can speak to our very human condition. But here's the good news for today. And the, the good news for today is that we will be sitting with those truths troops, those troops at another time on another Sunday. Today we are sitting in the wonder of this one-hit passage. We're focusing on the wonder of one passage, a passage that every year our lectionary assigns to New Year's Day. Within it is a reminder that life is full of seasons, no matter what, it's full of seasons, and there is a purpose to each season no matter the circumstances. And that's one hard truth that we do tap into today is that life is full of seasons and that, some, and that there's a purpose to each season even if the circumstances are difficult, And we could spend a lot of time on each line of this old hymn, this musical hit, for each one is loaded with meaning. You probably looked at this list as Elizabeth was reading it beautifully for us and identify a time that you were in one of these seasons. You may, as, as it was being read, thought, oops, that's the season that I am in today. You may look at it and feel like you've been taking down your Christmas decorations, you're plucking down what is planted. And at least some of us struggle with what the difference is uh, between the time to be silent and the time to speak. Isn't that something that many of us wrestle with at some time? And you may be puzzled by why there is a time assigned for hate. Why on earth would hate be brought up? Well, also hate is brought up because its opposite season is also there, which is love. And we are a body that believes that love can heal all things because of the love of Jesus Christ our Lord. And I would encourage you to remember that this is this is a hymn that describes the world as it is, not as the way God always intended it to be. That we have to live through seasons that are not the way God intended. In the Garden of Eden, we experience and observe seasons that are good and seasons that are tough, and that's what the writer refers to when he tells us at the at the very beginning that we live. Under heaven, a time for every matter, under heaven, not in heaven, not even on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has not introduced that prayer to us yet when this, past, when this book is written. But we are living under heaven and striving towards something better. And we may ask, well, where's the hope in that? Where is the hope in the midst of having to just live through all of life's different seasons? And that is why this passage is placed here in the middle of the Christmas season. Because what better time for us to remember what hope looks like? Hope looks like a baby in a manger in Bethlehem who came so that we could have an eternal season of an eternal season of love and perfection and everything that God intended to be because of Jesus Christ our Savior. And heaven is with us. Heaven's purposes are being accomplished in God's timing even though we continue to live in earthly time. Isn't that an amazing thing as believers, friends? That, yes, we still have to walk through earthly time, but we can live into God's timetable and trust, as we just sang together, that he makes all things beautiful in his time. You know, long before the Messiah came, the writer of Ecclesiastes is wrestling with how to describe God's presence in the world before he became incarnate in the Virgin Mary. And he looks to the seasons. The writer of Ecclesiastes looks to the beauty of creation and to the creator who made all things perfect. And in our fall from the grace in the garden so long ago, we ended up with good seasons and with tough seasons. And still, his purposes are being accomplished in the midst of our brokenness. In fact, we could describe... The whole Old Testament that way, of God working in the midst of our failings and our fallenness, no matter how many mistakes people made and mishaps and battles, Messiah still came as God promised he would come. Redemption came near and all things were made new. Nothing could stop his purposes in his timing. And that is one of our greatest challenges of living into this passage. Because don't we long to know how long each of the seasons listed, listed here are going to last? Don't we wish that within this poem there were parentheses telling us how long a time to tear is going to be? How long a time to sew is going to be? But we can't always know the length of a season. I mean, goodness gracious, look at these first 72 hours. with the weather in the state of Mississippi. We are going to experience all four seasons, summer, winter, fall, and spring, before we even get into the third full day of the year. It's no wonder that this writer chose time and season to describe life, for they are undeniable. We cannot control time, we cannot control seasons, but we have to live into them. And they are gifts from God to help us order our lives and to help us live into a trust of him. When the Magi were seeking the Messiah so many years ago, after a star appeared in the sky to let them know the king had been born, they had no idea how long that journey would take. All they knew was that it was a time to seek. And after they found him and presented gifts to him, the time of seeking gave way to a tragic time of losing. As Mary and Joseph and the baby had to escape to Egypt, and Herod in his rage ordered a massacre that our minds cannot begin to comprehend. The grief of that season likely never went away, but Jesus grew and bloomed and set out on his earthly ministry in the midst of tremendous loss to go forth and to seek those who were lost. Messiah did not fail as seasons changed. His light remained steady and strong and powerful. Every year on January 6th, no matter what day of the week it falls, the church calendar recognizes that day as the feast of the epiphany. After the 12 days of Christmas have ended, we remember these wise men, these magi, searched for, found, and worshipped the Christ child. Think about this. We devote one day a year to remember a journey that likely took these intellectuals, these philosophers, these stargazers, months and possibly even one or two years to make. We set aside one day to remember something that took all of this time. And, and, we, and when we do this, these curious intellectuals who were searching out, they were, they, were, they were seeking out one kid among thousands. And as a result of their seeking, the word of God that became flesh and dwelled among us, spread to the East and to the North and to the South, spread beyond a small town. And because of the season that those Magi walked through in faith, a time of seeking, a season of all things becoming new, became a reality for all who would trust and believe in the Christ child. There's a lot of wonder in that reality. And there's a lot of wonder sitting at this table Today, too, where all things become new and all of God's purposes are being accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Seasons, indeed, may change. There may be a time and a purpose to each one, and in the midst of their fluctuations, we need a person to hold on to. One holy wonder. And his name is Jesus, and he is here And he is the one who invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, I invite you to join me with the prayer printed in your bulletin in confessing our sins before God and one another. Merciful God.